Hello, God Lovers. This is God Lover Kyle, and today we're doing a really special episode. It's our first episode of doing audio versions of astrology forecasts for the upcoming month. So on our Patreon, I post monthly horoscopes for every sign, and um, I thought this time I should do an audio component to do like an overview. So um, this overview is free for anybody, and then the specific signs, I'm going to have horoscopes for every sign for the month ahead, which you could unlock on the Patreon for just $1 a month. You support my astrology practice. You support I Need God. By the way, this is a podcast for the Instagram page, I Need God in Every Moment of My Life. If you're finding this another way, like through search or anything like that, um, just know that, yeah, this is I Need God in Every Moment of My Life's uh, podcast, I Need God pod. And this is our first astrology episode. This is the November 2023 forecast. Um, Get with it. Here we go. So, you know, I'm not a super, super expert astrologer. I'm still a student astrologer. I'm still learning. Um, But I do believe anyone could do astrology. Astrology is an interpretive practice. And I think it's best when each individual interprets for themselves. Although it is very helpful to have an astrologer guide you or to look towards more experienced astrologers' um, information. I also think you have to integrate that information yourself and ultimately learn the language of astrology. You can get the most out of it that way. But that's just to say that, say that you know, like take what I say with a grain of salt, <laughs> question it. But um, here's how I see November playing out and what I think the most important moments of the month ahead are going to be. So November begins with Saturn moving direct at the same time as the sun opposes Jupiter. So this is on the third of the month. I don't know what day of the week the third is, but yeah, the third of the month. With Saturn moving direct, Saturn represents structure, um, safety in a way, wisdom in a way, boundaries, and um, reality, material reality. So. Now that it's going to start moving forward after a period of moving backward in the sky, I see this as a really good sign for constructive, forward, progressive potential for restructuring our lives and figuring out the best approach to make our lives manageable. Um, So I take that as a really good sign there at the front of the month. Saturn is in Pisces. Um, It could mean like making your dreams a reality. And this is a thing that's going to be happening until 2025. So I don't know if Saturn is going to go retrograde again between now and 2025, but at least for a while it will be forward, which is just good. Like it's a it's a positive thing. At the same time on that day, the sun is going to be opposite Jupiter. 
So the sun at that time, no, what is this, November 3rd? It's going to be in Scorpio. It's going to oppose Jupiter and Taurus. And the Scorpio-Taurus axis is kind of about heavier stuff, uh, material reality again, and also spiritual reality, the tension between those two things, gains and losses. And um, the sun opposing Jupiter, I think it's a very creative tension. I think it will be very mind-opening, and there's a potential to kind of download a lot of information and to act on a spiritual impulse. On the positive side, this kind of interaction between the sun and Jupiter could indicate like a warm, sunny, dramatic enthusiasm liveliness, joy, zest, goodwill, generosity, bounty. But on the flip side, it could also represent a tendency towards arrogance and inflation, grandiosity, self-importance, turning a blind eye, attitudes of entitlement. So just know that that's the third of the month. On the fifth of the month, two days later, Mercury is opposing Uranus. I feel like that wait yeah venus is opposing neptune and then mercury is opposing uranus let's see what the transit qualities are i'm using a website called archetypal explorer it says okay yeah well this is kind of obvious that's kind of mean when mercury opposes uranus on the fifth expect like a quickness to the mind new ideas to kind of come out of nowhere you might have a lightning bolt of an idea on the flip side i guess you might be like really frantic really scattered You might feel crazy with your thoughts, like overstimulated and restless. So maybe around that time, try to find uh, something to focus your mind on, something to put your mind to use to make sure you can get these good ideas or like inventive kind of out of nowhere ideas to channel them. You know what I mean? So it's not as um, overwhelming. Okay. Then on the 6th, I have Venus is trying Pluto. But yeah, Venus trying Pluto. That's really going to bring on the six a kind of gut-wrenching, deep sort of felt experience of a pang in the heart, I would call it. Venus is in Virgo on that day, and Pluto is in Capricorn. Just know that matters of the heart on the sixth might have extra depth and feeling to them. On the 8th, Venus moves into Libra. So that kind of relieves the tension a bit. And when Venus, Venus loves being in Libra. Venus is ruled by Libra or Libra is ruled by Venus. I can never remember which way that goes. Anyway, matters of the heart will become more pronounced, more lovey-dovey in a way. The way you balance your social life is going to become much easier There's a sense of social grace in the air, of a certain justice even, a feeling of like justice in the air. Venus in Libra is going to work extra hard because it's just so comfortable there. So matters of the heart, um, attracting people into your life, finding easy connection, that's all possible over the next few weeks when Venus is in Libra. On the 10th, a couple days later, Mercury will move into Sagittarius and square off with Saturn. So Mercury in Sagittarius, I feel like, is really fun. It gives you a lot of big ideas. 
it's an idea factory in a sense. Um, your mind may be more restless and maybe more optimistic and maybe a little bit excessive in a way that can be um, anxiety inducing if you are suffer from anxiety or it may be restlessness if you have ADHD. But generally, Mercury and Sagittarius is just a very high-minded time. A lot of big ideas could come through, like I said, and you see the big picture of stuff. Right there on the 10th, when it moves into Sagittarius and it squares Saturn, it's going to feel like a sharpening of the mind. So it's a little bit of a clash between this feeling of like over-the-top, big ideas, grand, grand vision, big thoughts, big communication efforts, and then like, almost like the knife sharpener of Saturn, kind of like carving out those big ideas to be a little bit more narrow, a little bit more precise. This could be a really productive time for thinking and getting some critical ideas out. Okay, then on the 13th, this is a big one. It's the new moon in Scorpio. So this new moon is opposite Uranus. So let me like fast forward. I have this like little chart up of like a wheel that I could fast forward to that day so I could really see. Yeah. So this new moon is opposite Uranus and it's pretty much conjunct Mars, which I didn't realize when I wrote my horoscopes. And it's also trine Neptune, basically but it's more closely opposite Uranus. Like it's basically exactly opposite Uranus. So um, let's talk about what this could mean for Scorpios. Obviously, Scorpio, Sun, Moon are rising, especially rising and even Sun and Moon. This is going to be like rebirth for you. This is going to feel transformational. This is going to feel like a big pause. Like I would maybe even describe it like before you go down a roller coaster, just the moment of pure pause. Just because Scorpio is such a transformative sign, it really changes things that go through it. And it does so in a very powerful way, usually, that could be deeply felt. And it cuts very deep, I feel. For everyone, it's going to be a time to rest and relax and meditate because it's going to feel a little bit extra. Like I said, this has a deeper transformative quality and the new moons themselves are kind of a transformative time, I feel like, because it is like fertile soil, basically, that like what happens during the new moon in your mind and in your intention and in your will really sets the stage for the next couple of weeks about what in your life will grow. So you have to be very intentional with your thoughts and um really conscious of your inner world to not to kind of let it go uh, off the rails so that you can be intentional with what you manifest basically in the future. And I feel like this new moon will be a very potent time, a very um, fertile time for that. Also, it's going to be good to want to stay in and rest and just stay out of other people's affairs because it is opposite Uranus. There is likely going to be a big surprise here. There is likely going to be an out-of-the-blue event or message or idea or feeling, something that just comes out of left field. 
you know, there may be, it may be feeling really chaotic and erratic and unpredictable around the time of the new moon. Something may throw your life into just a different area than you were planning. It may feel very tense and high stress. So that is why it would be great to just lay low, lay low, lay low, regenerate, regenerate, regenerate. That is what the message is here, regeneration. And it may be something not expected. So it's also have an open mind and stay calm and allow yourself to move through the unpredictable. And on the other side of this new moon, you'd be better for it. Because a few days later on the 18th, this is about four days later. So about four days after the new moon, I would say it's kind of like out of the new moon energy. The new moon energy is going to be like 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th, in my opinion, with the 13th being the most intense time of it. And then by the 18th, um, this is this is maybe the biggest thing in the month other than the moons. The sun is going to conjoin with Mars in Scorpio and make a trine to Neptune. So let me fast forward to that. Yeah. So this sun conjunct Mars in Scorpio thing has been something that's been accumulating since mid-October and peters out in mid-December, mid to late December. So this is something that we've been feeling and will be feeling all of November, and it really just comes to a head here on the 18th. Let me read the transit qualities from Archetypal Explorer. So Sun conjunct Mars is a stronger impulse towards assertive energetic activity, physical experience, muscular vitality, erotic ardor, heightened competitive drive, athletic activity, physical and emotional vigor, personal courage, capacity to deploy one's will and strength in the service of one's goals, to initiate activity, to defend oneself and to press forward with vigor, increased self-confidence, greater personal ambition, robust assertion of one's individuality and creative self-expression, personal identification with the warrior archetype. So that is very powerful. On the flip side, the negative qualities would be the heightened aggressiveness, looking for a fight, irritability or anger, rashness, inappropriate or driven competitiveness, interpersonal tensions, quarrels, arguments, potential for injury, drawing towards oneself aggression from others, brash self-confidence and pushing of one's personal goals, offensive self-assertion, behavior that is overly sharp or piercing or loud, excessive willfulness, erotic aggressiveness, overheated activity, fever, illness, often through excessive activity and strain. So that is happening and that is the whole month and it's really accumulating there on the 18th. And that is just the Sun conjunct Mars part in Scorpio. I would expect all of that, what I just said, to be amplified. Mars is very comfortable in Scorpio. It's at home there. So when Mars is conjoining the sun, Mars is the will to act. The sun is the personhood, the identity, the ego, the self, the mind. So when those come together, you could see how a person is going to want to act like in the ways I just described. But also in Scorpio, it's just very intense. It can be even extra hurtful, even extra biting, revengeful, lustful. Capacity to do harm is at a very high here. But 
it's not necessarily a bad thing, the capacity to do harm and to have that kind of emotion rise. Um, trine to Neptune makes it very interesting. Neptune is in Pisces. Pisces is very messy. It's very poetic. It's very here and there and everywhere and nowhere. It's um, delusional in a sense. Neptune is at home in Pisces. So Neptune is super strong in Pisces. Neptune is the planet of dreams, illusions, delusions, fantasy. It's vision. It's optimism in a way or like future-oriented dreaming, I think. And so try exactly trying to this is that. So when something is trying to something else, those energies blend very easily without much effort. And it may not even be something that becomes conscious. So I think the really, really good part to this with Neptune making this connection it's going to lend a sense of sensitivity to your action, a sense of going after your dreams in a sense, acting on your ideals, acting on your delusions. And this could be very, very, very good because I could see it working so that people are less afraid to take a leap towards what they long for, to enact their fantasies, to materialize their desire to dream and not just to dream, but to act on that dream. That's very powerful. And it may be emotional since these are in water signs, Scorpio and Pisces. It may be a feeling that gets exercised out of you through action, actually. And this is very cool. For Scorpios, I feel like this is going to be very intense. It's going to be very, very significant. For all the fixed signs, it's going to be a challenge like Leo, Taurus, and Aquarius is something that's going to be like a rise to this challenge. Can you? And if you don't, you don't. If you do, really good results. And then for all the water signs, Scorpio, Pisces, and Cancer, this is going to be something that is not, there's going to be very little resistance to this, uh, to this, what happens, what I just described. So if you're a water sign, be prepared to get in your feelings a little and to um, really experience this transit. So um, yeah, let's see. So Mars trying Neptune, the website says that on the positive side, it's the capacity to act with sensitivity to the flow of life and to one's surroundings and to the actions of others. It's an active, rece- active receptivity. <laughs> inspired action, energized imagination and intuition, the ability to draw on the imagination to act more effectively. Um, It's a skillful, secretive activity. It's the martial arts. It's a spiritual warrior. It's idealistic action. It's nonviolent activity. It's the ability to use subtle energies to be more skillful and for healing purposes and the ability to sublimate desire, capacity for flowing, effortless sexual activity, enhanced imagination, yeah, basically kind of what I just said. On the opposite side, it's saying that the negative side to this could be conflict, avoidance, and passivity. It could be a lack of energy or a weakness of will, a decreased motivation. Just because Neptune really dampens Mars's energy, I think. But remember, this is not just Mars making this aspect to Neptune. It is also the Sun. And I think that it's going, because the sun is also going to be trying to Neptune, it's going to add more life force than that description just said. 
Okay. Let's move on. On the 22nd, the sun will move into Sagittarius. Sagittarius season, as we know it, will begin. I think the sun is really fun in Sagittarius. The next day, though, it's going to square off with Saturn. Since Saturn is at the very, very early degrees of Pisces, it makes a square to when the sun is at the early degrees of Sagittarius. That just brings a certain, like previously in the month, on the 10th, when Mercury entered Sagittarius and squared off with Saturn, now the sun's doing it. So whereas before in the month, on the 10th, it was like a sharpening of the mind, this is going to feel more like a sharpening of your being, or it also will be a sharpening of the mind in a sense, but more in a grander sense, I would say. So just be aware that there could be some tension on the 23rd because of that. It could be very productive tension. It's not necessarily negative, but it's just the influence of Saturn there make things feel more serious at first than Sagittarius than you normally think of Sagittarius. Like Sagittarius isn't too serious. Like actually the serious thing about Sagittarius is that everything's a joke. But Saturn, it's not a joke. It's like everything is not a joke with Saturn. Um, On the 24th, the following day, Mars will enter Sagittarius and then soon after square off with Saturn. So this is kind of a pattern we're seeing in November with planets entering Sagittarius and then making that square right to Saturn in Pisces. So once again, Mars is now going to be out of Scorpio, moving into Sagittarius, bringing a certain levity because Sagittarius is much more light than Scorpio is. It's much more buoyant. It's like way more playful and way more experimental and thought-provoking and not as much deep in the feelings. So Mars in Sagittarius is going to feel nice to get kind of like a weightlessness with our action. However, because this goes right into squaring Saturn, and at first, at first at least, this is going to feel like a challenge. I don't know of a better way to put it. Yeah, basically a challenge. Like, can you act appropriately? Are your actions uh, meaningful? Do your actions yield certain results? Are your actions life-sustaining? And then the month ends with the full moon in Gemini on the 27th. Let me use the chart wheel and fast forward to the 27th. And look at this uh, full moon. So it's between the earth, the sun will be in the early degrees of Sagittarius and the moon will be in the early degrees of Gemini. The Gemini Sagittarius axis is all about information, but I guess more specifically learning information and experimenting with communication and about having ideas and sharing them um, in the most basic sense. It's about community, but kind of about like smaller forms of community. It's about education, basically. Um, It has to do with the mind. So yeah, so like, I would expect this full moon to be very active, very fun, a good time for a party, and just having to be careful to not overdo it or to misstep your boundaries. They are basically narrow, they're not exactly, but kind of aspecting Saturn in Pisces since, so it does kind of make an aspect to Saturn, which brings a little bit more seriousness, a little bit more self-control, a little bit of discipline and um, inner discipline, like the authority figure to come into play here to like dampen things down a little bit. But I still think it would be a good time to have fun at the same time, Mercury is making an aspect to Neptune. So there is a certain like 
fantastic quality to our thoughts and a little bit of a dreamy element to how we perceive and communicate the world and our reality. So there is a little bit of like fog in the air in our brain. There's a little bit of brain fog going on too. So people, so just be careful not to make poor decisions and not to say things you don't really mean. I feel like that could be one of the downsides of this full moon for people who are in the mutable signs being Gemini, Sagittarius, Pisces, and Virgo. You're going to feel this moon the most probably. You're going to have them be the most affected by it. It does seem like a fun full moon to end the month on. A full moon in Gemini. Just expect a little chaos. Just expect a little bit of the unexpected. Expect a little uh, fun to be in the air. A little mischief in the air here. Nothing too serious. And that ends the month. So if you want to read for your sign, I've kind of outlined what I thought were the most important points of the month for each sign and what it could mean for them on our Patreon at patreon.com slash I need God. There's like four paragraphs, four short paragraphs per sign available there. And you could unlock them for just a dollar. I post them every month. And then obviously you could also join for $5 and get all of the podcast episodes I make too. So I'm trying to make more episodes and to do them with fun and interesting different perspectives on religion and spirituality and internet culture. And if that's the kind of thing you're interested in, then that's when I that's what we deliver. So you could go buy that on the Patreon or you could just listen to the free episodes here there's always free portions to all of our episodes and i'm gonna make these astrology overviews for free every month just because it's kind of fun to do i hope you enjoyed this first installment of the horoscopes and that you're looking forward to november any feedback just let me know and at the end of every episode we do a prayer for those who are on our angel tier on patreon so if you will just close your eyes with me and say a little prayer for our angels. Allison White, Jenna, Neve Parker, Nicole, and Tyler Hill, Lord, hear our prayer. This episode was kindly edited by David Sutran.